everybody. Welcome to another episode of Leeson Learned. I am joined today by stand-up comedian and uh, reptile expert slash enthusiast, Adam Wickens. How are you, buddy? Thanks for having me. We'll go for enthusiast for sure. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you for being here, man. I, I really appreciate this. Uh, prior to getting on here, we did have some technical difficulties. The most we have seen so far in any episode. So thank you for being a part of that. Hey, I'm glad to uh, work uh, work way through it for you. And I noticed you're not alone today. You have a, uh, what is that on your arm, on your chest, shoulder? Uh, so this is a, a bearded dragon. His name is Diamond. I've asked him politely not to breathe fire at me the entire duration of the interview, but I can't promise anything. And he's a bearded, a bearded what? He's a bearded dragon. Yeah. Bearded dragon. Mm-hmm. This is a weird question. Does he actually have a beard? Uh, so, yes, he does actually have a beard here. Come here, Diamond. I know. I know. So he's got this little like flap of skin under his. Okay. Uh, and when he gets mad, he'll puff it up and turn it black. And then that's how you know that he's about to breathe fire at you. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, has he ever does he ever get mad at you? No, he doesn't get mad at me, but he does get mad at his reflection bearded dragons if their men do not like other men. So he'll like head bob and like put his beard up and stuff like that to himself. And how old is he? Uh, He's between three and five. I got him from uh, some rapper who moved from Welland, Ontario to to Los Angeles, which is, you know, everyone does that. Right. We all know the SoundCloud rapper that actually makes it. But anyway, someone did. And uh, he's like, I need to give this guy away. And so he said he's about two years old and that was a year and a half ago, or I guess almost two years ago now. And what's, how long will he live for? What's his lifespan? So bearded dragons generally, it depends. Like some people will say up to 30 years. I had a pair of bearded dragons. Those are my first reptiles ever. And then both of them, one of them died when they were 12 and one was 13. So it's like between 10 and 30 years. It just kind of depends how good the beginning of their life was. So how many, uh, how many reptiles do you personally own? 88, I think. So it, it fluctuates because I breed reptiles and, uh, I got a few new ones a couple weeks ago. So, but I think it's around 88, something like that. Do you have a favorite? Yeah, it's him for sure. This guy is my favorite. He's, uh, he's the star of the channel. Like if, um, sometimes I'll do a video without diamond i'll do a video with a different reptile and then the comment section is diamond dead what happened to diamond where's diamond i would die for diamond so he's gonna like the star of the show wow wow that's amazing i'm i'm super pumped to have diamond on here then you know yeah uh, when you asked me i i cleared it with him to make sure it was okay because he is the one right and my contract is that i can't do anything without him so i'm just glad that he wanted to be on because it's an honor for me to be on your show so diamond he says it's okay too well, it's an honor for me to have Diamond on the show. You as well, but uh, I didn't know we were going to be <laughs> graced by uh, such a celebrity here. He's kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it, man. Um, mm-hmm. So Wiccan's uh, Wicked Reptiles, the uh, the YouTube channel now, you have uh, uh, almost 11 million views, which is incredible. Over 100 and almost 120 or about 120,000 or over 120,000 uh, subscribers, um, people loving this channel, loving the content. And, uh, I got a chance to watch uh, a few videos just to get ready for this. I love the way you present this stuff. 
I think that uh, you're, you know, that it's just a very, it's an easy way to get a lot of information about different uh, reptiles and different things. And I, I'm, I'm not a necessarily a reptile fan, but I found myself wanting to watch, uh, you know, more after, after consuming some stuff, but I'm curious to know, how did you start this and where did the idea come from for you? Uh, so the idea to start a channel, I had other channels first. I had a comedy channel. I had a whiskey channel and they failed miserably. And then, uh, one day I was in between jobs and I was talking to a comedy producer, Dylan Wildman, who runs odd life entertainment. And uh, he's like, Hey man, you have all these reptiles. You've done a bunch of shows for me before. Like you can, you could make something on YouTube. So then I decided that, okay, I would. And then that day I created all the social media. I created that YouTube channel. Uh, I hired someone to do the logo. And then in two days I had like two or three videos out. So I, I didn't think that it was going to work. And then uh, I just kept going with it. because I decided everything else I've ever done that I was kind of successful at. It was just like this war of attrition. And with this, it was like no different. And then I think it was like nine months before I started getting anywhere with it, but I'm glad I didn't quit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What, what was the first uh, video you did where you saw some real traction on it? So it was uh, September of 2019 and I started January that year. So I had did this video called top five hybrids. So basically a hybrid reptile is exactly what it sounds like. You take this animal and this animal, you put them together and they smash after they smash genitals a few times and then they pump out babies. And uh, it, that was pretty great because I'd had this cool picture of um, an anaconda and a boa that it, it was a hybrid, a boa conda they're called. And then it just like took off. Cause it's like a crazy thing. It's like one of these um, types of species that most people have never heard of. And then a few months later, I did a, a video called top five illegal reptiles. And then I was at a Christmas party when that one came out and I kept looking at my phone. I thought the analytics were broken. I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. And it uh, took off. And then after that, it was just kind of like several more, but that was, the, that was the one hybrid reptiles. And that was the first top five I ever did too. And uh, when did, like, how do you know all this stuff? Is this, is this just stuff you, are you researching it? Do you know all this? Like how, where do you get all this information? Uh, well, I guess with anyone who's like up there in their field or like anyone who people listen to still in their field, you have to constantly be learning. So I learn every day about new stuff because genus has changed and everything. But when I was a kid, I was obsessed with dinosaurs. And then when I was five, my librarian came in and she brought in a ball python and a sulcata tortoise and a leopard gecko. And then I became obsessed with reptiles. And then my parents always said, you can have the TV on as much as you want, but it has to be educational. So I would watch Crap Brothers, Steve Irwin, uh, Jack Hanna. So I was just obsessed from a very young age and I never really lost an obsession. So like learning about reptiles for me is just fun. What was your first uh, reptile you ever owned as a kid? Um, so it wasn't a reptile, but an amphibian, which are similar. It was a clawed, or sorry, an African dwarf frog I had when I was like 12. Uh, and then when I was a kid, I would catch like toads and garter snakes and stuff. But my first reptile I ever caught, like that I ever got and kept uh, in my home was a bearded dragon. His name was Jackson and he was named Jackson because he was born like the day Michael Jackson died, I think. So whoever gave him to me must have been a Michael Jackson fan. And uh, yeah, uh, he was an awesome dragon and he died a couple of years ago, but he lived a long and healthy life. And no relation to Diamond? Uh, no, I don't think Diamond and uh, Jackson, I don't think that they were related at all. Did you work in this field uh, like prior to starting the YouTube channel? Was this your 
day job, this kind of stuff? Uh, no, my, all my day jobs have always been, um, sales and advertising. So stuff that like helps, I guess, when you're trying to pitch yourself to a company to like sponsor you or whatever, but I've never worked in the animal field at all. I'm allergic to most cats, most dogs, horses. So I can't work at a pet store. Um, I just have never had, and also a lot of those jobs you need like school behind you, but, um, spoiler alert, you don't need to go to school to make a living doing whatever you want to do. <laughs> That's very true. So this is yeah. nothing you have, you have ever gone to school for. No, I never went to school at all. I didn't go to school for anything. I went out of high school and I had a great sales job and I thought I was going to be moving to Tampa to work for the head office and that I just kept working different sales jobs, but never in animals. Wow. Um, have you noticed that your sales and, and advertising background, has it come in handy now working in the content creation world? I think I learned how to speak fluently. Like I, I learned how to, as I stumble over my words, but I learned how to speak and present information and get people to buy whatever I'm saying, which I think helps so I can keep the audience's attention, which is something that my channel does well is the attention um, the ratio or whatever the status called, like how long people watch. Um, so I think it, it has helped for sure. I think of anything that helped, it was doing stand up for several years before this, because you learn how to talk and, um, especially with retort in the comment section, cause you get a lot of like hate in the comment section. So if you can do it from five feet away in real time, it's easier to diffuse those things in the comments for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any, is there any reptile or any, thing like that, that you're afraid of that you will refuse to, uh, touch or hold or be with. Uh, I do not free handle venomous snakes. It's like a big thing. It's called free handling. So you'll see guys like David's feed or, um, there's a bunch of channels and they'll free handle snakes with like venomous snakes that if they bite them, you can die. Like you're going to have bad issues. It's going to be a bad day for you. And uh, it's a big thing and you get a lot of clicks and a lot of likes and stuff. But for me, it's just, it's not worth it. I'll never do that. Have you ever, have you ever seen, like, have you, do you have friends that are into this kind of stuff as well? The, are you in like a, is there like a community of people that are uh, reptile uh, enthusiasts? Uh, Wiccans, Wicked Reptile Cult. Um, <laughs> I do have some friends that uh, have been in it. The first Bearded Dragon I got was actually from a girl that I worked with and we ended up dating for a long time after that. So that was cool, I guess. Um, but like the guy at the reptile store, him and I are buddies and I, I've made more friends since I got into this. I didn't really have a ton of reptile friends before. So you're getting people like contacting you and, and, uh, I guess through the, through the channel. Yeah. A lot through the channel and just certain things. Like if you go to reptile expos, even before I had a channel, people like get to know you, especially if you pay lots of money for the reptiles, but right. mostly it's been through the channel and being friends with other content creators has been pretty awesome. Do you get recognized uh, a lot now, like with the success of the channel? Do you notice people recognizing you? Um, well, in certain situations, like if I, I can walk on the street anywhere, no one knows who I am, which is awesome. Um, but I can't go to a Kijiji deal. Like I buy a lot of animals on Kijiji. I can't go to a meetup without them knowing who I am anymore. If I go to a reptile shop, people know who I am a lot, which is cool. I think it's awesome. But it's like the perfect type of recognition in that I can walk down the street and no one bugs me. But if I walk into a reptile place, it's like, hey, man, you're that Wiccans guy. So, yeah, a little bit more now than ever. But um, I don't have any like crazy stalkers or anything. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. That's good. Any odd, any odd autograph uh, 
situations you've run into? Anybody um, ask you to sign their turtle or anything like that? <laughs> I did have someone say that next uh, Reptile Expo, I want you to sign my bearded dragon, um, which I will not do. I think that's probably right. not a good idea for the dragon, <laughs> but uh, I, I've only had like a few people ever ask for something like that. One of them was pretty cool. Um, the apartment complex that I used to walk through every day. I used to live in the other end of the city and I went and picked up Schneider skinks a few weeks ago. And the guy like shows, uh, I showed up and he's like, Hey man, can we take a picture? Can I have an autograph? The whole thing, which to me is like, you know, I'm just like some jerk off on the internet talking to a camera, right? <laughs> you get that. Was that the original name of the channel? Uh, yeah, it was a uh, bald guy talks to camera. That was yeah. the original name, but it was already taken by Vsauce. So I had to uh, change it. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. Wiccan's Wicked Reptiles is a is a great name. I, I find that's, uh, you know, rolls right off the tongue. I love I love when the words start with the same letter, you know, at least two. Out of three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it's that, called. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was the idea. That was the idea. Make it hard consonants. Right. So people like remember you and then also like last name, adjective, subject. Uh, I guess it works. It's better than hognose hibernaculum, which was second place which no one even knows what a hibernaculum is until I explain it to you. It's where snakes go to for the winter, but yeah, it's a better name for sure. It's where they go for the winter. Yeah. Hibernaculum is uh, so there's a, uh, there's a provincial park in Manitoba. I forget what it's called off the top of my head, but it's world famous. Uh, Steve Irwin's been there. Attenborough has been there. Everybody's been there and it's um, garter snakes come out and there are hundreds of thousands of them and they come into these holes, which are called hibernaculums. So snakes are generally solitary creatures, but in the winter, they'll all go down different species even. And that's how they stay warm throughout the winter. So it's a hibernaculum and they brumate rather than hibernate. Wow. Mm -hmm. You learn a lot more today than you thought, huh? Oh, dude, like <laughs> crazy amount. Yeah. I know nothing of the reptile world and uh, truth be told, I would probably, I would probably walk or run the other way had if you know when I, if i saw some of the things that are in your videos but i'm always fascinated i'm fascinated by anybody who uh you know is willing to learn a lot about something and you know really immerse themselves in in whatever it is that they're passionate about well it's something that i'm definitely passionate about and i feel very lucky to be able to now do this for a living it's not something that i anticipated when I started, but to be able to do this like day in and day out. And I get comments sometimes from like kids or even like 40 something year old men. And they're like, Hey, I got my first snake because I watch your channel and I used to be afraid and now I'm not. And like, to me, that is kind of why I keep going. I think that's like the coolest thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great, man. Um, have, have you ever had a situation where somebody comments or gets in touch with you because uh, something you said is, is incorrect or even if they just think it was incorrect, but it's not. Yeah. Multiple times every day. <laughs> and it's, it's some things too. Like there are some things where I say wrong, but something that I think my audience would attest to is that of all the channels, I'm the guy that's not afraid to be like, Hey, just so you know, last week I was wrong about this and then I'll change it. In the, you know, if it's certain things, um, but I do get a lot of, for example, there's a species called Antaresia, or it's a family, it's a genus. And there's four species in that family, spotted pythons, Stinson's pythons, pygmy pythons, and children's pythons. But now Stinson's pythons and spotted pythons are considered the same thing. So there's only three species, but this happened like three weeks ago. So all my videos from last year have wrong information, which was right at the time. And then now I get all these like people in their mom's basement wiping Cheeto dust off their fingers so they can leave me a comment about, hey, buddy, I know more than you because it's only three. And it's like, 
okay, all right, big guy. Tell your mom you're going to be late for dinner. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> so will you engage? Will you engage with people that are, that are negative in your comment section? Uh, sometimes I will. Most of the time it's like all their, it's just mommy didn't hug you enough and you want attention. And I know that, and it's just not worth my time. But other times, um, I, I like to engage with the positive more, but my favorite place to engage with people who are like haters is discord. Uh, do you know what discord is like as a, so it's like a no. nerd chat room basically. So I have a server that I set up and, uh, so then there's other servers. So like there's another, um, channel on YouTube called nerd North American reptile distributors. And I'm in that channel, but my name is never Wiccans with reptiles or Adam. It's always something funny. So then I can just go in an incognito talk to people. And then people will be like, that Adam guy's a dick. I hate that guy. I hate Wiccans. Like I'll see this in other chat rooms and I'll like, I'll talk to them without them knowing who I am. That's my favorite way to do it. Cause if it's you, then it's like, well, now I'm getting attention from the guy. What I'm trying to do is working, but instead to talk like as if you're someone else or not tell them who you are until later. That's my favorite. Cause it's kind of like very funny. It's hilarious to me. Do you defend you or do you jump on the hate with them and go, yeah, I fucking hate that guy too. So usually I'll be like, yo, I fucking hate that guy too. But also, do you see this video? Cause he said this, that was right. Yeah, I know. But because of this and this and this, so generally I'll like play their friend. And then eventually they'll be like, yeah, if I had to say something to that guy's face, then I'll take a picture of my face and I'll send it to them and be like, all right, what's up? <laughs> and usually there's no reply after that. Yeah. Never. Right. They, have <laughs> never. you ever had somebody that was just like, yeah, fuck it. I don't care. It's you and say whatever. Yeah. Last week, this guy is like, Hey man, I just find it. It tickles my fancy that you came and found me. It's like, bro, I've been in the server for longer than you. I just think this is funny. <laughs> like, I just think this is funny. You're 48 and you live in your mom's basement. You told me that earlier. We were like reminiscing about it. Cause I pretended the same thing. So it's kind of petty. I get it and stupid, but at the same time, like it is kind of funny also. Did he really use the term tickled my fancy? All right. Like it was something really stupid like that. It might even yeah. be stupider than that. It was, or tickles my jib or I forget. I forget what it was. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's got some issues for sure. He's 48 months at home with his mom. So I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Tough go, tough go for that guy. You know? Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, when did you get into stand up? Um, so I tried stand up a few times when I was 19 so that I'm 30 now. So that was a while back. And then I had to make a decision, uh, because I was getting into bodybuilding at the same time. So I decided, okay, well I can do one or the other. I, like, I know both of these things are very much, you have to put your life into them. So I chose bodybuilding. So I'm like, I'm only young once I can try stand up later if I'm still interested. So I did the bodybuilding thing and, um, ended up being, uh, Mr. Canada for lightweight or runner up to Mr. Canada for lightweight in 2014, 2015. And then after that, I hurt my shoulder really bad and I couldn't do that anymore. So then I decided, Hey, that stand up thing, I like being on stage, but what if I could do it and keep my clothes on? That'd be pretty cool. So I decided, uh, September 7th, 2017 was like the first time I wrote real material and I was really going to try. It was a showtime comedy in St. Catharines. And, um, I did it and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I just never stopped. Wow. Just to take it back there, you were, you were runner up to Mr. Canada in the lightweight division. So I wasn't like with the big guys, just in my own division, my own category for natural, by the way, natural bodybuilding. So I was in the stream where you literally have to piss in a cup after you walk off stage where the guys that you see that are super famous, they don't obviously, if you look at them, what is a Mr. Canada competition even like? 
So it, basically the way that it works in Canada at the time, um, all the uh, provinces were separated. So there was like the OPA, those Ontario, and then they're all, but now it's all together. I think it's called Canadian Physique Alliance or something like that. But back in the day, so you go regional. So my first show was in Hamilton and I won both my categories there. And then you do provincial and then you have to be top five. So I won one and came second place in the other. And then after that, then you move on to compete against Canada, which I did the next year. I uh, came runner up in my category and, uh, and I forget who won that year, but it's, it's insane. And it's so much work in comparison to stand up or comparison to making YouTube videos, the physical toll obviously is much harder and to do it naturally is like really stupid because it sounds ridiculous, but to do steroids makes way more sense because when you're cutting that low, your testosterone level is not there. Like, like you're not getting erections for a fucking month. It's, it's off. You feel shitty. You're depressed all the time. So to do it with steroids made way more sense, but yeah, I just didn't want to do that. So to answer your question, it was awesome. I'm glad I have the plastic trophies, but I would never do it again. But you are an advocate for the use of steroids is what I, is what I got there. I think that if you're on the same level playing field as everybody else, then absolutely you should jab yourself in the ass with all the DECA, all the trend, all of it. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of seeing big dudes do big things and you can't do that if you're natural. Great. There we go. A beautiful PSA there. Uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm honored to have that, uh, that exclusive there. What's um, what, what is the deal with the, the tiny uh, shorts in, in bodybuilding? Like why can you go out there in like a swimsuit if you wanted to, or like long baggy shorts, or is there, is there a rule? Um, so in bodybuilding, like in the circle, there is a division. It's called men's physique, but we call them as pussies because those guys <laughs> don't train legs. So fuck those guys. But um, in all seriousness, there is a division. It's called physique. They wear like board shorts. And then there's another one that just cabinets classic. So like they're like boxer briefs. So they kind of like show most of your leg. And then bodybuilding is where you wear like the one square foot of cloth where you like it barely covers your bag. And uh, the reason you do that is so that you can see this, like basically the insertion of your quads. So you're, you're, if you could do it without wearing anything, you would. I think that they should just put a sock on your deck and then that'd be it. Cause they're trying to show as much of your body as they can. Wow. So, mm -hmm. they, cause they want to see every single muscle. Yeah. They need to see absolutely everything. And even like they're called like tie-ins where you see the insertion uh, or the origin of the muscle. So how um, striated and how dry you are. And a lot of the time you see that like, so origin insertion, like where a muscle begins and ends and that with your quads and your glutes, the only way to see that is if you're wearing like those tiny little uh, hose and trunks. Wow. That's <clears throat> yeah. I've, I've always been curious. Like, is that, is that a rule? Is that a choice? And then why would all of them choose that, you know, cause it's like showing, it's not like a, it's not even really like a speedo, I guess. Kinda sort of. Cause like, there's no ass to them basically. Like it basically yeah. goes up your ass crack because especially when you get to like the high level, like, you know, how regular glutes, like regular butt is like round and like looks normal. These guys, it's like a different shape. And it also it's like striated to the point where you can see all the fiber. So it is, it is a rule like in bodybuilding, open bodybuilding, you have to wear that. And there's very specific requirements. And one of the things, at least in the OPA and for Canada is you're not allowed to stuff your speedo. I remember that being in the rules pretty clearly. 
like for your for your dick to look bigger yeah you're not allowed to make your dick look bigger if you got a tiny nutsack too bad buddy everyone's gonna see it but you're not being judged on the size of that muscle or vein are you no, but you're still a man and you still want like there's a bunch of beautiful women watching you. And they're all because all these competitions, usually there's like the bikini classes on a few classes before you. And those are the most beautiful women on the planet. So now they're like all looking at your tiny little dick. And if you're on steroids, your balls do shrink. So now it's like this guy, look at this sun kissed guy over here with his tiny little nutsack. Wow. So that's a that's a legit rule. You cannot stuff your cock area. <laughs> Of your yeah, tiny call, shorts. Taco natural. It's an uh, important rule. I don't know why the rule is, but um, yeah. Do you wear shoes? No, no, no you're shoes not either. Shoes. Do they want to see foot muscle? <laughs> I think that's just like, uh, to, to, I don't know the reason for that, honestly, just to not break it up. Because when you tan, right, which is the other thing, like you literally get a spray tan to the point where if you're in a room with someone, you'd be like, that guy's doing blackface and black body. What is this guy doing? Cancel this guy. But on stage, the lights are so bright, you have to be that dark. Otherwise, it'll just look like, you know, super shiny. So that's why they all are unbelievably tanned? Yes, that's why they all look like they dip themselves in chocolate is because uh, without it, the light bounces. Because it's like, well, you know, you're, you're a comedian. You know how the light is in a lot of the clubs? Well, imagine that, but the entire stage has lights like that. So it's like that, but no one cares how shiny your forehead is when you're telling me jokes you would care how, how shiny your body is in a body only contest. My forehead is awfully. I just noticed that now as we were talking about it, my forehead is okay. shiny as fuck here. I feel you, dude. I feel you, man. I got the shiniest head in the world. It's fine. When you're okay. You know, the poses they do in, in yeah. bodybuilding do, do you, is there a set, uh, set number or set rule of what you have to do? Or do you, do you mix it up? How do you decide what to like, what, poses to do i don't know so why i'm seven... doing this this is clearly not a pose I yeah hope so you I gotta hope go to the y m c and a those are the compulsory so there's seven compulsory poses and sometimes they add an eighth which is, which is the most muscular so like the one where they're like kind of like doing that yeah. um so there are so the idea is each one shows a different part of your body or shows it in a different way which is why you have front double bicep where your arms are up like this where you're showing off lats and also lat spread so you can see from a different angle and you do that from the back also. So there's seven that you need to do, but then in the finals, supposing you make it to the finals, then uh, you do what's called your free posing or your posing routine. And that's when you can be a little bit more artistic about it. And you get guys like Kai green who people say, Oh, bodybuilders are all jacked up and they're not flexible. And then there's Kai green doing backflips and splits. And he was number two in the world for years. So yeah, there are seven that you have to do and they call them out and they move you around. And that's how you know if you're doing good or not. So if they put you in the middle, you know, you're number one in the judge's eyes because there's prejudging and then finals at night. So you'll know. And then they put you up beside guys so that you can't hide anything because you're doing the same poses. If they think that if you and me are in a contest, they'll say uh, number eight, Adam, go uh, next to Jeff, number 12. And then you have to pose between each other. So it's pretty intense. And there's a lot of like, like elbow shoving and it's a pretty intense thing. It doesn't seem like it, but it, it gets pretty aggressive. Have you ever, did you, or did you ever witness a, a physical fight breakout between the contestants? No, but there was a guy in the uh, audience one time and he went, his girlfriend was um, competing at a natural show, like where I compete and she was in physique or whatever. And uh, he, I've seen him two weeks before at an open event because a bunch of my buddies, we used to go and support each other. 
and he won his class. I think it was super heavyweight and he lost in the final. And, uh, and he was drunk, like unbelievably and bodybuilders don't drink. So this guy had like two drinks and all of a sudden he was like, going, he was like the Hulk literally, right. This is big as Lou Ferrigno. And he was like pushing security guards and pushing parents and screaming at the stage and never with me, but that was like, so I never see anything like that before or after. Wow. What is, what was the worst? Um, and by worst, I mean like most physically demanding like exercise to prepare for uh, uh, competition? Um, well, it depends. Like training legs, like there's two people in the world that know how to, that like to train legs. People who are fucking insane and people who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and uh, I was neither. I didn't like it. But training legs, and especially if you train with guys who are above your level. So I was runner up to Mr. Canada in a natural thing, which is on the totem pole of bodybuilding is way down there. But then I trained with guys who were going for their IFBB pro card. They, they were open. They were on steroids. They were fucking huge. And if I train legs with those guys for real, I couldn't walk out of the gym. I literally have to crawl out of the gym. So that was never fun. Um, but honestly, the toughest part at the end was practicing posing, which seems like, well, you just, you're just doing this, but no, like to practice posing, you have to make every body in your, or every muscle in your body tense and flex at the same time. And, our, my posing coach, Mary Lynn McKenzie, was uh, at one time the second best body, female bodybuilder in the world. And this lady was like in it well in her 50s and she could out train me. She could outlift me. She was a fucking animal. And when she trained you, like she would push you hard. Mary Lynn made me hurt more than anybody else. She was a crazy lady. With all due respect and love, she was awesome. But fuck, she was an animal. I honestly feel like if it was me, just based on my own stuff um mm -hmm. i feel like if i had to do the pose and and show off every muscle or try to like flex every muscle i feel like i would shit myself <laughs> it's uh it's man when you train legs there's been many a times when you're training legs and you just see somebody i'll be right back and they just walk to the bathroom because people shit themselves doing squats it's a pretty <laughs> common thing that's a real thing <laughs> <laughs> I've I've shit myself not even not working on anything just, just <laughs> doing nothing that was I that I should have even been shitting myself for I can't even imagine clenching everything in my body and then like but imagine it happened like in the middle of a of a competition and you have nothing there to even catch it like you're just shitting well, on the ground you do take laxatives to dry out in the days before the show. So that is something I'm shocked. No one's ever done. Yeah. I'm surprised there's no Hershey squirts more often. That's got to have happened. You take laxatives before, yeah. before the competition. Yeah. There was this one, I forget it was cleanse more. I think it was called the buddy turned me on to it. And uh, yeah, that was, it fucking worked, bro. I'll tell you it goddamn worked. It worked to the point where you had to get maintenance in your hotel room the day before the show. But um, yeah, it dries you out and dandelion root and you're like, you're drinking water and it's like, you literally have to piss five minutes later. So um, I think it's all legal now and natural, but it's really not good for you and your kidneys and your piss brown at the end. And it's not a healthy sport, dude. It's not a healthy sport. This episode of Leeson Learned is sponsored by the Big Fish Steak and Lounge in Sarnia, Ontario. One of my personal favorite 
restaurants in, in the world. I was going to say in the country, but no, in the world. They have some of the greatest food I have ever had. Every single time I eat there, I think to myself, it will never get better than what I have just eaten. And the next time I go back, they top it once again. It's that good. If you live in the Sarnia area, make sure you book your reservation for lunch or dinner or hell, book your reservation for both right now. Do it tonight. What are you going to cook for dinner tonight? Probably something awful. Don't do that. Head on over to the Big Fish Steak and Lounge. If you don't live in Sarnia, I suggest you make a trip down just for the food. Or if you're going to be in the area, stop in and have one of the greatest meals you will ever have. So you left that world because of a, uh, what was it? A shoulder injury? Yeah. I tore my shoulder apart. You got four muscles in your rotator cuff. Two of them don't attach anywhere anymore. And the other two were strained. So I decided maybe I should walk away from this. And was that a specific incident or was that just like over time? Just wear and tear. And especially like when you're training with no fat in your body, which cushions your joints and no water, like during it just, yeah, it's not bad. So I hurt myself in 2014 and I did a whole nother season and I really shouldn't have done that because my shoulder's never been the same since. How long is a season? So it's basically from the day or the, the minute you walk off stage until the next time you walk on stage. Like there's no off season. There's no days off. Um, if I go to barbecues with my family, I bring Tupperware containers with my own food. I can't eat what they have. I don't drink all this shit. Right. So the only thing you can do is just smoke weed because that's Arnold said so in his book. So we all do. And uh, yeah, so it's like a season is from one year to the next. And then the, you're what people would call like the uh, on season or in season is usually the however long you die. I did 17 weeks. So if my show was in July, I would start on like uh, in March, something like that. And I'd be like your season season. And what do you what's the diet like? What do you have to eat to maintain that? Oh, it's fucking brutal. It sucks. The diet is dog shit. It is awful. It's um, so chicken breast, which is usually boiled. So it has no flavor. Um, broccoli, uh, yams, oatmeal, eggs. That's basically it. That's all I would eat. Uh, mustard. I eat a lot of mustard and hot sauce because it has no calories and hot sauce makes you shit a lot. So, and you get pretty constipated near the end. So that was my secret sauce. Wow. Can you put, mm -hmm. um, can you put salt on chicken or? Nothing. Yeah. Up until the end. Cause like salt is like the th salt is overblown. You can have as much salt as you want, as long as you also have water and bodybuilders. Like I remember working my sales job and I would piss every 10 minutes. Cause especially as I was getting ready for a show, I drank one and a half gallons in the eight hours I was, I was at work. So it, it bounces out salt at the end. You got to be careful of because salt helps you retain water and you don't want to retain any water. So for, I don't know, I would say every week, except for the two weeks before the show, salt is like, go for it, whatever you want to do, put soy sauce and everything. What kind of sales, what kind of sales were you doing when you were doing that? What were you selling? Uh, so I was selling flowers for the entire, the in, entire part of that. So I worked for like, really? um, <laughs> like a wholesaler. So if you buy flowers from Zares or wherever, like a grocery store or a flower shop, then you bought them from me. And then I would buy them from like the people in Colombia that grow them and the people in Africa that grow them. So I was like, um, I sold all Northern Ontario. So I've been to, you know how you've been every, every place ever because you've done comedy? Well, I've been every place ever in Northern Ontario because I sold flowers there. Wow. Yeah. So you were a traveling flower salesman. 
Uh, yeah, so it was mostly like a desk riding job, but eventually they'd be like, all right, we're going to rent you a car or we're going to fly you to Thunder Bay, rent a car and drive home, like shit like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. What was your, did you, so did you know a lot about, about all kinds of flowers or, or was there something specific you saw? Uh, so I sold everything like for floral flowers. So like if you have it in, in a wedding, if it's an option, if, if they sell it at a grocery store or a flower shop. So I know everything about, or not everything about, but I know a lot about all the flowers that you use in like cut arrangements or potted plants that you buy from like a garden center. I came in with no knowledge. They just liked that. I've had sales jobs since I was 16. So I knew how to like sell myself in an interview. And also yeah. I asked for very little money, which I didn't realize later. And they were Dutch. So they're fucking cheap. And uh, they're like, this kid doesn't want anything. So they trained me. But um, yeah, I had, now I know a lot about flowers, which is useless, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What's the uh, strangest job you've ever had along your journey here? Mm. Well, I, I worked in advertising for a bit and everyone who works in advertising is fucked. I think um, not as much as comedians. Those people are way more fucked, but uh, I did oh, yeah. this job. So I live in uh, Niagara, right? Like Niagara Falls area. And I drove to Oakville every day. That was fun. Did that to make next to no money. Cause they sold the company. Like I got in and three weeks later, they sold the company to these old guys who didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And uh, no one made any money and everyone left. And then I worked for this other advertising company. And I won't say where, cause this guy's a vengeful fuck, but I remember getting uh, fired on new year's eve two hours after i left my ship shift via text message so that was fucked and that guy was something else i think he had his vehicle repossessed by revenue canada in the parking lot a few weeks later wow anything yeah. to do with you or was was that no no, no 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 I, did, I didn't do shit except for going to the labor board and say hey dude you gotta pay me my last week you dumb fuck you fired me on day 91 how stupid yeah wow mm-hmm. wow so after the injury uh, in, in bodybuilding, you decide stand-up comedy is the next thing you'd like to try. And uh, I would assume the, the uh, more close situation probably played a big part in that. Yeah, I do. Uh, I tend to like wearing clothes in front of, you know, dozens of people. Or if you do stand-up shows in Toronto on Mondays, three people. But, you know, um, I, I just felt like... Uh, I've always wanted to do stand up. I remember the first book I ever read was I uh, found it on my parents' nightside table in like the nineties. I could barely read. It was Jeff Foxworthy's book. And then I watched a lot of like blue collar comedy. And my parents always, if they ever had a date night, if I ever had a babysitter, it's because they were going to yuck yucks in Niagara Falls. So it's always been like part of it. My dad's a funny guy. And it was always one thing I wanted to try. I just didn't really know how to start. And then the guy that I did my first bodybuilding show with owned Showtime. So it kind of was like, Perfect, I guess. Mark? No, uh, Matt. Matt? Is Matt a bodybuilder? He was. Yeah, he was. He Well, he was one of the pussies with the board shorts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did it for two wow. years. And uh, yeah, he was, it was fun, man. I like training with Matt. He was an interesting guy. I bought my first house from Matt. So yeah, I like that guy. He's done a lot for me. Yeah, I love Matt. I, I had no idea that he was uh, into the the bodybuilding stuff. But yeah, Matt's a great guy. And I love Showtime Comedy, which is a great club. And if we're ever allowed to uh, go back indoors <laughs> at some point, you should uh, visit Showtime Comedy in St. Catharines, Ontario. It's fantastic. Um, what was uh, what was the first do you remember the first uh, live comedy show you ever got to attend? 
Um, man, this is something that like, I remember the first band I ever saw. It's interesting that I don't, I, I know I went to Yuck Yucks a few times, like when I was too young to go. I remember we used to have this uh, thing called event in the tent. And I'm pretty sure there was a comedy thing there too, that because my parents knew the owner, I got to get into that when I was too young as well. Um, but I think like, honestly, it's weird. The first comedian I ever remember like vividly the bit and thinking I can do this as well, like live was just another like local open mic guy, Levi Mann from St. Catharines or Niagara Falls. And, uh, but I remember like b- besides live comedy, I watched all of Carlin's specials before I was 14 or 15. Like I was yeah. pretty into it, but uh, live comedy I never really got into it until I was like older, really, I guess, like had the opportunity to go. Uh, do you have a, do you have a, I know this is always a tough question to answer, but do you have a favorite all time comedian? Yeah. So, uh, I would, I'll give you two, one dead Carlin and there's not anyone close and a live would be Bill Burr. And again, I don't think there's really even a close second. I think of that level, like, um, Louie and Dave are kind of like the only ones that are in the same stratosphere. I think it would personally, like my opinion, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your first amateur night like uh, to perform at i didn't tell anybody which is with the advice so i listened to burr and rogan or not rogan uh brian regan talk on a podcast and uh their advice and it was kind of like an advice for aspiring comics and their advice was never bring anybody don't tell anybody about it and just show up and do it and i did <laughs> and i uh I knew David Green a bit because I've been I went to a lot of the open mics just to check it out and see what was happening and never uh, heard beginning of him. never heard of him yeah just uh, and at the be- the beginning of um, the club when it first opened I would get calls all the time hey man we need butts and seats show up because it was like they first opened and they're trying to get people in there yeah. and uh, so I just I went I wrote f- five minutes of stuff and it went okay and I remember listening back to it and I was like stepping on laughs. Cause I was so nervous. Like I was shitting my pants all day and, um, you know, stepping, like not letting Is that laugh from the sh- laxatives, uh, that were going on <laughs> in the bodybuilding or that was over by that point? Uh, and I think it was just from like the, um, the spray tan that I did. I didn't realize you didn't have to get all chocolate body for stand up also, but, uh, yeah. 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 It I helps it if you like- do though, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it, people yeah. seem to enjoy a good, uh, chocolatey delight on a stand up stage. It's true. It definitely is true. I mean, uh, I mean, and Matt kind of looks chocolatey, right? So I'm not sure exactly what his mailman looked like, but I'm pretty, pretty good idea what he looked like. So yeah, but it went, it went okay. It went okay. Let's say that the next week I went across the street and did, um, comedy at like an open mic for like music and all this shit. And, uh, that was like, I've never bombed like that ever since. <laughs> that was something else. I'll tell you. Well, what, uh, what happened? <laughs> what was the well, cause? I, well, well, so first of all, my first joke was about abortion and there was anti-abortion rally 10 minutes before, like in oh, the wow. same building. So that didn't go well for anyone who stayed. And then I remember- Did you know guy, that? No, I had no idea. I just, I saw a bunch of women walking around with hairy legs and I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And it turned out it was like this super hipster type place. And uh, I went up and I did my shit jokes and I was like two minutes in and these guys at the back, because I we're, I live in like a college town, a university town. There's like these university guys all drunk as fuck on some shitty beer. And uh, they're like making fun of me or whatever. My joke was about, I think, a dog abortion. And I said, just because I'm talking about bitches doesn't mean it's a roll call. And then they started like, char- like they were going to come and try to fight me and people had to hold them back. And that yeah, was something else. Matt's Eye Cafe. I like the place now. I love it. I just didn't know what I was doing, as you don't, obviously, in your second time ever doing comedy. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's always a uh, it's always a. I'm always fascinated by anybody's early go early time in in stand up comedy because it's it's so weird, like it's so unlike anything uh, else. I think in the the world that anybody would ever do. You know, because you you it's different than a presentation. It's way different than playing music. It's like normally you would make people laugh just because you made them laugh. But in this case, it's like people waiting for you to make them laugh and you have to. And if you don't, they might turn on you or worse. Yeah, the expectation of you being funny is like there's very few situations where that is the case. And there's very few where you're the only one allowed to talk and you have to be funny. So I yeah. guess my experience was a lot more usual than yours because you didn't, weren't you like 14 when you started doing comedy? You told me. Yeah, I was, I was. Yeah. Although my, so my, my like first show ever, because I was so young, my mom didn't want me to go to yuck yucks or go to any comedy club. Um, she, she, uh, we invited like friends and family and people I played hockey with and I did the show for them basically. And uh, but I, I did like 30 minutes my first time on stage because I had no idea. I had zero clue how anything worked. Then there wasn't it wasn't a time where there was like podcasts and like stand up comedy wasn't really talked about. It was something that was just like on TV. And then there was comedy clubs, but nobody really knew how to get into it. And I, I was too young to really know what to do. So I just thought you wrote a bunch of stuff and then you said it all. <laughs> <laughs> you said it all yeah yeah and and that's I what guess i did for your audience that doesn't know no one does 30 minutes their first time ever uh it's no. like five minutes right so and all i did was talk for 30 minutes i just want to make that clear it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't necessarily 30 minutes of actual stand-up comedy it was this kid is going to talk now for 30 minutes. <laughs> well, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate you doing this and, and being here and uh, congratulations on all the success. Hey, well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, you've been a big inspiration to me for comedy and I love watching the videos. You and Tig fucking around in your car. Those are like they highlighted my week when I see those. So thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate the opportunity. No problem, man. Thank you. And uh, make sure you go check out Wiccan's Wicked Reptiles on YouTube and uh, the, I guess all social media, right? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter is Every all Wiccan's thing. Wicked Reptiles. Yeah. TikTok, I pretend I'm 13 and do dances, the whole thing. So, yeah, you can get me everywhere. There you go. And if you're bad mouthing him on uh, some other chat room, you might notice that a guy comes in and agrees with you and then sends you a picture <laughs> of his face. So don't be a fucking asshole, everybody. <laughs> like, uh, can we just all agree? Let's not be a piece of shit out there. And That's <laughs> let's not shirt. do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the next shirt idea right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of shirts, what is, is that you? Yeah. On your so, shirt? Um, you know what? I'm, I, I have to, I'll make this real quick. So now you got to go, but there's a big thing going on in the reptile community right now. It's called a uh, big reptile, right? You've heard of big pharma and all these big reptile is trying to uh, suppress the information. We are told as reptile keepers that we have these babies, right? The snakes give birth to their babies and then they just leave them alone when they're under the egg, but it's not true. Snakes suckle on the sneets and snutters of their mothers and they need the snilk. Snilk, you need to have the snilk. So we need to make sure that we're properly feeding these baby reptiles and leave them with their mothers so they can take in that sweet, sweet snilk from those snitties. Well, 
So they need Snilk. They need Snilk. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's how Let's I get, get these- all this energy. That's that's I, I'm pretty animated, and it's because I had my Snilk right before I came on the show. You have to have it. It's great for you. It's great for your kids. It's great for your dog. And I inject it right in my eyes sometimes just to stay awake in another video. So it's really important part of your diet. Well, let's, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Get yourself some Snilk. Let's get these fucking reptiles some Snilk, too, these babies. Mm-hmm. You know, if they need the Snilk from the Snitty, then let's get it. Let's get that shit done. You know, mm-hmm. is there a .org or something we can donate to? Snilk, Snilk.org? Uh, no, but if you want to support the cause, I uh, give 100% of the funds to these T-shirts, teespring.com slash Wiccans Wicked Reptiles. 100% I give to uh, Little Reptile, which is the organization that I run with uh, my colleague, Dr. Fexneck, um, who looks just like me, wears a robe, is not me, 100%. He's in some of the videos you can see. And we together uh, use that money to buy ourselves nice things to promote uh, the, sn- the snilk and snitties and sutters. There you go. It's no better reason <laughs> I've ever heard to buy it buy a goddamn t-shirt so that's right get the t-shirt get the snilk and uh let's save these reptiles or whatever whatever you just save the snutters yeah yeah, save those things come on Mm -hmm. everybody get do the right fucking thing come (laughs) on anyway thank you for being here uh diamond thank you also for being here i really appreciate it all right he, he's just he's not gonna say anything he, uh, he says thanks i'm sure he says thanks I, no i thank you diamond that's the the most important thing is thank you i'm i'm honored to have both of you on particularly the star of wiccan's wicked reptiles of course uh diamond the bearded dragon he says thank you for having uh, him on and allowing me to be on as well he allowed me to be on so all the thank is to, to diamond generous Generous guy, that diamond. All right. Wiccan's Wicked Reptiles. Check it out. Subscribe on YouTube. And for God's sakes, get yourself some snilk.